You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. Now, I believe that these messages are very appropriate for the days we live in. And I know it may not be a popular subject, but we need to have it because it is for our survival in these last days. When I listened, uh, John Ebenzini just uh, emailed me a fresh article from a church leader, leading magazine, about a couple in San Diego that have a church and... um, their degree in theology and this church is called something like uh, Church for Sinners Run by Sinners. And um, I'm sitting there, I don't understand. But the pastor's wife is an active porn star on the West Coast. And they were saying how God accepts this and all this. I said, it just gets crazier and crazier. Have you lost your ever-living mind? Obviously, it's from the left coast, but still. I mean, it's like, I, I sat there, read the whole article and all the degrees he has and all the theological reasons why this is okay. I would say to you, we are living in a very dangerous time where the doctrines of devils are out there, beguiling saints, but we need to teach the whole counsel of God and not just pick on the lovely, lovely pieces that God is always with you, he's always for you, God wants to bless you, and what's in it for me? There's a lot of truth to that, but we need the other side. And we need the side that we have a responsibility before God on how we live our life. And I want to do this in a way that's non-judgmental, non-legalistic, just the word, and the word will bring liberty. And I want to begin with 2 Thessalonians 2, if you know, 2 Thessalonians 2, and we are going to go to verse 13 through 15, and it says, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Don't you know that you're beloved by the Lord? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Because God from the beginning, from the beginning, chose you. For salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification. You could put whenever you see the word sanctification, set apart for God. Holiness means set apart for God. That's what it means. And belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel. What did he call you to? He called you through sanctification by the Spirit. For the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, make alive this word. Make it come alive. Let it become something that brings life to our spirit man. Renews our mind and changes the way we live and walk in this life today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. amen. We live in a world of moral confusion. We live, in a, we live in a world where it's literally people's minds are depraved. The Bible says that God will send them strong delusion. They'll believe what's up is, is really down. 
and what down is up. They are confused. And we live in that time of age. And in today's world of spiritual compromise and a Laodicean lukewarmness that is throughout the church, you have to go upstream. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one. You got to go upstream. You got to go counter the culture. You got to counter what people are saying. And I want to talk about it because it's an absolute necessity that we pursue a life of holiness. A life of holiness is your preservation. It's your safety. It's a place where God's anointing can come upon your life. The devil's afraid of the anointing because he cannot stop it. The anointing of God destroys every yoke. It brings every evil work under, the, under our feet. But that anointing can be lost. You can be saved but have no anointing. You can be saved but have no power. And if you think the devil is finished with you just because you're saved, you have got another thing coming. He's not done with you. I promise you this. He's not done until you finally breathe your last breath. But, we've, but we have unfortunately moved away from the, what, the, what the gospel is all about. The gospel is about serving Jesus, serving God. And we've come to this self-centered gospel. It's all about me and what, and, and, and what it is in, in for me. But if you want to pursue God, if you say you love God, you say, I want to pursue God, then you must pursue holiness. You cannot say, I love God, but live any way you want to. That is, uh, that's an oxymoron. 1 Peter 1.15, he says, he, is call, he, he who has called you is holy, you also be holy. Meaning that you need to catch up to where he is in all your conduct. Like in every aspect of your life. Because it's written, be holy for I'm holy. God's words are eternal. In heaven, it'll still say, be holy for I'm holy. So we got to understand how important this is. And 2 Corinthians 5.15 says that he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. I don't know about you, but when I came to Christ, when I got born again, again, and I had an experience my first year in, in college. I was raised in Atlanta. I went to a big denominational church. I had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. That may be your experience right now. I tried to be cool, but I was really a fool. Because you cannot be, have both ways. And you got to go one way. And when I got to the university, when I saw, and it was, pretty, it was pretty hedonistic back then, and that was decades ago. God knows what it's like today. But it was this, it was this poor, what am I going to do? And I had to make a decision. I'm going for God. I am going for God. That means I had to change some things, but I had to pursue God. And, I, and, if you, and by pursuing God, you pursue holiness. And I mentioned last week how a, prof, a professor who I'd meet with him once a month gave me a book of the, called The Way of Holiness. And I didn't want to read that book. I didn't want to read about holiness. It was the last thing on my mind. But since he was my mentor, I acquiesced and I read it. But it blessed my life. It ignited a fire in me to press into God because I wanted God. And his presence will only come upon your life the more you press in to follow him. And he's a holy God. Everybody say, God, God. is a holy God. 
And if you think about it, he's called you holy. Because the word saint, the Bible uses that word for believers. Saint means a called apart one for God. A holy one. You're a holy one. Because when Jesus died on that cross, he carried the penalty of your sin and my sin. And the Bible says when you receive him, you receive his righteousness. You receive his forgiveness. And you've been sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been justified by faith. So God already gives you an A on your report card. But then he says that is your position, but your condition has got to catch up with your position because that's why it's a process of sanctification. And there is a demand on God and God will not entrust you with greater glory and with greater anointing and with greater power unless you progress in your walk with sanctification in mind. I mean that I've got to live a life that's set apart. Everybody say set apart. I tell you, you've got to understand, the Bible says you are not your own. You're bought with a price, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But you've got to therefore make your life and your body and your spirit holy before God. It's, 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 you are getting a conduct card every day from God. How did you do? How did you measure up? And you know what? Thank God. We all make mistakes. Thank God. You know, none of us are perfect here. But there is, there is forgiveness at the cross of Christ if you'll admit that you sinned. And God will wash away your sin. But the Lord says, keep coming, keep coming. Because the more anointing I can entrust you is with the more you line your life up with me. I remember, did I tell this on Wednesday about R.W. Schombach? No, no, no. It was um, A.W.A.A. A. Allen. A.A. Allen. Has anybody ever heard of A.A. A. Allen? For those of you who don't know A.A. Allen, he was one of the early healing evangelists in America. And the healing ministry exploded on this nation. There was a season for about 11 years, right after World War II. And they said anyone who put up a tent, if you call people before it for healing, they were healed. It was like the most amazing thing. A.A. Allen had a place one time, he was in Birmingham, Alabama, 3,000 people, and the, and the altar was filled with cripples in stretchers and on the other, one side and on wheelchairs on the other. And he said God would move so profoundly. A.A. Allen testified this, as well as R.W. Schombach, who worked with him at that time. He said when the move of God happened, every person in the wheelchair got up and walked. Every person in the stretchers got up and walked. In fact, he said of the 3,000 people, not one sick left the tent. But you say, well, let's look at the life of A.A. Allen. And if you read his story, I mean, I love his story. Because he said, God, I'm seeing a lot of miracles, but not enough. He said, Lord, what is it going to take to see more? And he said, I shut myself up in a closet, literally a closet. He told my wife, don't, don't bring me food. I'm going to stay here till God gives me the answer. And he said he stayed there for, I know, several days. And then one time as he's praying, seeking God, God showed up in the closet. It began to tell him, these are the things you need to do to bring the power that you're looking for. And he began to speak him out. And he said, Lord, I've I got to go get a pen and a pencil to write them down. So he went out and got a pen and pencil, came back in. He said, give them to me again. And if I recall, it was like 12 things. The last two, they were personal. He didn't write. But you know what? They were things that you would look at as minor. Attitudes. The way you treated people. He said, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, if you'll do this. 
He said, I endeavored at that time to go after everything you told me to do. And I found out that the more I lined up my conduct with his requirements, the greater the anointing came and the greater the power of God. And A.A. Allen, if you know anything about him, is known for one of the most powerful evangelists America's ever seen, where the sick would come from all over the world. And he was on national television, which was new back then. But you can watch the tapes. People got two days to die, supernaturally raised up. Cripples, supernaturally. I mean, people, one boy, 27 things wrong with him. He was blind, he was deaf, he was crippled, he was deformed. The doctors not, they said he, he will not live long. Under the power of that man of God, everything that was wrong with that child was righted in two minutes. Now listen to me, listen, hey, 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 hey. So let me say this, the devil has an anointing on the earth, it's called money and influence and power and demonic strength through the people who are leaders. And he wants to perpetrate the whole moral decay of our country. And we, as Christians, cannot fight that being lukewarm. Cannot fight that being a compromising, just a shuckalong Christian. You've got to understand this is war. You've got to understand we are at the end of times and the ante is coming up. The evil's getting more evil. Do you understand that? Just look around. The power of hell is getting stronger and stronger to take out people. And I'm so sick and tired of watching ministers and other people compromise the word and drink the Kool-Aid the devil's serving and give in to works of darkness. And so we must have a higher level of anointing. You must tap into everything that's available. But it comes through a life that's given over to God. So this thing, you're born again. Great. Now you're filled with the Spirit. Great. You've been water baptized. Great. But you need to pursue holiness like you need to pursue your next breath. There was a preacher one time, an old country preacher. He was baptizing this young man in the, in, the, in the river. And he said he prayed in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And down he went, and it wasn't that deep, only about 18 inches. And that young man who was under the water said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to come up. But he wouldn't let him up. He kept pushing him down. And then it became a fight between the preacher and him. And he was like pushing him under the water. Oh, and the man's trying to get up. He said, man, this man's trying to kill me. Till finally he got up and <gasps> He said, why'd you do that? I want to make a demonstration. When you want God like you wanted your next breath, you'll get more of him. You got to get desperate for the things of God. You got to get like, God, I've got to have you. I can't just play this whole game. Amen. And I know, it, well, I don't know if I like this. Myrtle, I don't like this preacher. I mean, I just, want about, I just want about God loves me and how good I am and how great. Yeah, that's all in there. But today, it's a step-up day. Amen. We need to teach people on how to live a life separate to God. Are you out there with me still? Amen. And 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, he who called you is holy. Oh, no, I already read that. I'm reading my, books, my, my notes one, one more time. But the Bible says that we are justified by faith. And that's good to know. But in verse um, um, 13 of chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians, it said the goal of your life, ooh, mood lighting. 
<laughs> it says the goal of our lives is to become like Jesus. Till we all come in the unity of the faith into a perfect man, into the stature of the image of Jesus Christ, the measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal for every single believer. Amen. Amen. But the Lord began to speak to me uh, even as I was preparing this sermon. He said, I want you to focus on something here. And I, and I said, okay, God, I'm going to go for it. And it's out of chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. And it says these words. And verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And I will walk among them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. And be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch which is unclean. And I will receive you. And I'll be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now it says three things. Come out. Be separate. Don't touch the unclean thing. You know, you do not need much exegesis on those three commands. Come out. Come out of what? Come out of the ways of the world. You understand? The world is run by the devil. 1 John 5, 19 says that. It says the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. So if you're not born again following Jesus, walking the word, you're under the power of the devil. And that could be someone you know. Now it explains why your boss acts that way. But they're under the power of the devil. And the Bible says this. They've got to make it clear to us that to come out means we've got to come out from the world. 1 John 2.15 says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. Let's just talk about that, shall we? What is the world? What is the world we live in? What about our culture? Well, our culture has music. Our culture has films. Our culture has all things on the internet. Our culture has books. Our culture has all of the things that they hold up to being to be acquired, to be attained. But the author, if it's not from God, always will paint the picture of the dark side. And you think you can play with listening to any kind of music. You know how a tune can get in you? You hear a tune and you just, it sounds catchy. And my wife, she's a real songster person. Before she got saved, she heard all this stuff. So I'll be humming a tune, to do, to do, do, just come up. Have you ever done that? She says, you know what that song is? Uh, no. She says, hear the words. I said, my goodness, that's not good. I think the one song was a My Brown-Eyed Girl. She said, no, let me explain the words, what it really means. I said, heaven forbid, I never sang that again. No, the world, listen, rappers, people like rap music. What's the guy's name? Oh, there's so many of them. There's so many of these rappers. I remember one time, I was sitting, I was bumped to first class, and there was this, F, what is it? Yeah, walk, yeah, yeah I was going to say it, I knew that one. But, I, and he had dreads down to his rear end, and he was, and he has, and he's doing this, and he's next to me. And I said, sir, uh, what's your name? My name is Waka Flocka. I said, say that again? My name is Waka Flocka. He says, you don't know me. Uh, hate to say it, I don't know you, sir. He said, you know who I am? I just came back from a 26th tour from Europe. I got five platinum CDs. And he said, I'm a rapper. 
You know, something said to me, the Holy Ghost said, yeah, and his rap music and the words lead young people astray. I told him right to, the, to his face. I said, Mr. What's it now? Waka Flocka? I said, listen, <laughs> Mr. Waka Flocka, the Lord just spoke to me and said, you have great influence over young people. Yes, I do. And God says he's not pleased with what you're writing. He wants you to clean up your act. You should give stuff that gives them help and builds up their faith with, and for, for, for God. He goes, you sound like my mother. I said, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. And he was kind of open to it. I'll give it some thought. And then he put his headset on, went that the rest of the trip. But we talked afterwards. I got him in the, in the, in the atrium. I said, Mr. Waka Flocka, now that we know one another. I gave him my card. I said, you need to come to church. You need to get right with God. But you're a man of influence. And but what happens is young people, Christians, you listen. If you listen, that'll get in you. I promise you, the world gets in you. Through ungodly music, I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care how good Elton John sounds. I don't care how good these other people. Listen to me. If you listen, well, it's just, it's just, it's just music. You know, it does. No, 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 no. It's staining you it is staining you it is taking the potential of God's anointing and draining it like you can't read any book well I heard about shades of gray don't go there I don't need to read it to figure it out Harry Potter no 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 don't allow Harry. No, I just know it's just like fairy tales. He rides a broom. He has curses and hexes. It's just, just innocent. No, 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 it's not. If I tell you how many, don't, I'm not looking at anybody, but if I told you how many, how many Christians have Harry Potter in the house, get it out of the house. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen, get out. Uh, listen. He says, love not the world nor things of the world. And we got to think of what it is. You can't look at anything on the internet. You can't see every movie you want to see. You can't read everything you want to read. You can't sell all the music. I promise you, the world will get in you. That's what it means. Come out. Come out of the world. Be separate. Love not the world. You belong to God. Hallelujah. Now let's talk about the most influential thing in a person's life. The people you hang with. The people you hang with is the number one influencer in your life. Take an inventory. Who are your friends? Take an inventory. Who do you hang with? Take an inventory. I don't care if they're even your relatives. They can be ungodly. Well, they're my great, great aunt or they're my cousin. They could be full of the devil. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. In the King James, it says good communications corrupt good manners. Communication means influence. Manners means your moral character. In the New King James, I believe it says, I don't know what it says. Put it up there. <laughs> Evil, oh, that's, thank you. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. Who you hang with will determine the level of your moral purity. And so don't think, well, no, I'm just going to get them saved. Does that mean I absolve myself from all non-Christians? No, we have to rub shoulders. We're in the world. But don't be of the world. There is a difference. There is a difference. 
So you can go in, you can share them, but let me tell you, you need to dominate the conversation. You need to be one leading. I'm telling you about God. I'm telling you about, I'm going to tell about the, what I believe, and I'm not allowing you to download into me and take dominion over it. No, I'm not allowing it. I will love them and leave them in Jesus' name. Amen. You got to get this, you got to get this right. He says, come out. Be separate. Don't touch the unclean thing. Listen to me. Men, you scroll around. There's a woman. And you know what's next. Turn off the phone. Turn off the computer. Do whatever it takes. If you have to, as an act of faith, throw the phone in the river and get another phone. Just tell the devil. Every time I'm doing it, I'll throw the phone in the river. I've got to give me another phone. This is getting expensive. I'm going to turn it off. You got to get radical. Keep a brick next to your couch. If it gets bad, throw it at the television. Smash it. Then drag it out. They say, what happened? Well, it got carried away and I just throwing the brick was quicker than turning it off. You know, in our house, we got like, we don't see how to handle any TV. But in our house, they got three or four. I haven't figured about three or four controls. And once it's on, God bless you, turn it off. Is it this one? This one? Is it, is it this button? My God, how do I get this thing off? So sometimes a brick through the middle is the quicker way. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you got to get radical. Jesus said this, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. Get radical. Now you don't want to be a prude about it. We're not holier than thou. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And my house, I want to get closer to God. That means I've got to come out of some, some things. Love not the things of the world, nor the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world. He talks about the lust of the flesh. Self-gratification. Whatever makes you feel good. That's the way the world runs. Lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. Whatever titillates my imagination. And the pride of life. That self-seeking arrogance. And wanting to be important. Wanting to have status. He said, you know what? That's incompatible with God. He says, love of the Father is incompatible with the love of the world. So you got to remember these words. Come out. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Because you understand, the promise of God is that he will come to be a father to us. But God is only a father to you if you obey the word of God. He's not your papa if you're disobeying him all the time and you're doing what you want to do. But he's a father. And there is a favor that will come on your life when you go to God as papa, father, and say, Father, I want to do one thing only. That's please you. I, I Listen to me. If somebody takes care, either at my workplace, if a staff person is going out of their way to be helpful and out of their way to be a blessing, when it comes to bonus time, I get a bigger check. You are any kid that's compliant and listens to you, you want to bless. But the kid that spits it up in your face, never cleans their room, doesn't want to make their bed no matter what you tell them. I'm not talking about your kids, but those other people's. <laughs> I promise you this. You know, the parent will draw back. I was going to give you this, but I'm not going to do it because of what? Your conduct. So I know we're justified by faith, but on the other side, your conduct impacts heaven. So you need to never forget that. 
So that means, that, that means you got to pursue the things of God like never before. Hallelujah to Jesus. Everybody say, be separate. Be separate. Come, out. Come out. Touch not the unclean thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then it says in 1 Peter 2, 11, it says, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. What's a pilgrim? People call people, you pilgrim? What does it mean? It means it's when you live amongst the people who are not your people. You see, the world is not our people. They may be human, but... <laughs> We're a sojourner. We're a pilgrim in this life. Our home is heaven. God is our father. And so you got to understand that you don't belong here. You are like uh, an alien. Because planet heaven is your home. Amen. And then it says, it says abstain. We don't like that word. Abstain. Abstain from food. Abstain. It says, abstain from all fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, who, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. He said, you know what, the world, you know what, I used to meet, I used to have a boss who was very unsaved, very, very worldly. And him and I would go at it. I would share and he would just talk about it. You know what he told me? He said, if I ever become a Christian. He, guess what, that's what he told me. I watch people call themselves Christian and they don't live any much different than what I live. Therefore, I don't see the value of being a Christian. But he said, if I ever I was a Christian, I would help the poor and feed the naked. If you're going to be a Christian, buck up, buckaroo. Do what you say you believe. You follow Christ. Then you need to be a follower of Christ and you've got to be like he did. He went about doing good, healing all the press of the, of the devil. When you really follow Christ, you turn to a servant. He said, I don't see much of that where I observe, quote, Christians. But the funny day is years later, like 20 years later, he calls me on the phone. He said, hi, this is so-and-so. Hi. He said, I just want to call and tell you that I got saved. I about fell out. I about fell out of my chair. I said... He was, most, he was like the most way out guy, very successful in business, kept climbing up the corporate ladder, but a philanderer and everything else. And he says, and I am going to fulfill what God told me to do. And I would talk to him. He was involved with helping the Somali refugees every week in Clarkston. He was involved in this. He was in feeding programs, giving programs. He was up to his eyeballs because he said, you know what? I no longer am my own. But, you might get, but it amazes me. The world is watching you and I. They see they may not like you. They may call you things like you don't want to hear. But they do. Let me say this. Because I used to be in corporate America. They would make fun of me. Because I was very radical in my faith and what I stood for. I wasn't one of those stealth Christians. They knew I was saved. Remember my boss took me up to his big old house up in the lake. Wealthy boss. Great guy. And so on Sunday morning... We're there Friday night. We're going to all Saturday. Then Sunday morning, I got dressed and I laid up because I'm going to church. And the whole family's laying, laying around. And I said, listen, what are you doing? I said, we're leaving because on Sundays we go to church. And then they got embarrassed. And then, oh, we go to church sometime. 
I said, well, I'm not trying to put you down, but you can stay at the lake. But for me, i got to be in the house of God. So they knew who you were. But it was, and what would happen is they would come in one at a time, shut my door, and then share their hurts and share their pains. And because even though they might publicly deride me, privately they respected my walk with God. And I promise you this, I got to lead people to Christ. I got to lead my managers to Christ. Because they watch how you live. They watch what you do with your life. And God says, we got to live a life that's above reproach. Your reputation, if you want to be a leader in the kingdom of God, you must be above reproach. It can't be rumors of shenanigans. Amen. That they might falsely accuse you, but people who know you and you know yourself that you are doing everything in your power by the grace of God to live the life that he calls you to, to live. But then you go to 1 Corinthians 7.1. It says, which we just finished reading, 1 Corinthians 6 through 18. In verse 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, what promises? That God said, I live in you. Do you understand the privilege that God would say, I'll come live in you? Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That God, the Spirit of God that created the earth will come and live inside of you. What a privilege. What an honor. Wow. He says, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let's just take that a little bit by little bit. Cleanse ourselves. Let me just say this. You cannot make you holy. It takes the word of God and it takes the Holy Ghost. It's almost when you cleanse, that's a passive verb, meaning that you put yourself on the altar and say, God, here I am. Do a work in me. Because you and I don't have the power to do it, but the Word does. And the Word is powerful. Jesus said, he said, Lord, sanctify them, make them holy by your truth. Your Word is truth. In Ephesians uh, 5.26, it says that we are all cleansed by the washing of the water of the Word. So what you are responsible to do is get into the house of God, let the Word wash over you. Your choice was to get your rear end in a chair and keep your spirit open to receive the word of God. That's your deal. Amen. You bring your car through the car wash. You present it to the car wash. You don't do the cleansing. The car wash brushes you the cleansing. But you have to present yourself. That's why it's a matter of surrendering your life every day to God. Psalm 119.9 says, Where will the Lord shall young man cleanse his, cleanse his way by taking heed to your word? So we've got to submit ourselves to the word. You've got to put the word in you. If you want to stay dirty, never read the Bible. You'll have no power to say no. But the word is powerful. And the spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18, that we are changed from glory to glory. is by the spirit of the Lord. God is a way to empower what's, what the word is in you to make it come alive and give you the oomph and the chutzpah to say no to the sin and yes to the Holy Ghost. Amen. For, listen, for, it says, work out your own salvation. Philippians 2.12. Then 13, for God is at work in you, both willing to do. And so what it is, God's working the work which he put in you, and you've got to just surrender to it. Yes, Lord. You just need to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Which brings a very important word in our Christian life. It's found in Proverbs 1.23. And it's the word turn. Everybody say the word turn. turn. It's the word turn. And here's what it says. Turn in first, uh, uh, Proverbs 1.23. Turn at my rebuke, and surely I will... Um, pour my spirit upon you 
and I will make my word known to you. Turn. See, this is the key. This is where you get to Turn. Everybody say turn again. Turn. You see, that's that. You say, well, how do I get holy? That, just think if you get just one word you get out of the sermon is the word turn. Turn. Why? You're going the wrong direction. Turn. Amen. When I have my wife, she's always telling me, turn here. I have my GPS, but I'm talking to her and not paying. You know, the, you know how they have a little map that says, turn now. Next. And I'm not listening because I got my wife. She says, honey, turn now. She said, what would you do if I wasn't here? Oh, I just pass the exit, go to the next one, come around, come back to the road. <laughs> You're actually wasting time in your life. So I have her as much as I can with me. But turn. Turn. Turn means change direction. And what God is saying, turn means understand that when God wants to bring wholeness in your life, when he points things out, you gotta, you got to admit that when he says that, that's not right. You say, Lord, I, I admit that. That's not right. What do I do? you got to repent. you got to repent. You see, watch this thing. If you repent, if you surrender your life to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to make a change of direction, change my course. The promise is, is this. Number one, I'm going to pour my spirit on you. The Bible says God is near a heart that's broken and contrite. And I'm going to give you revelation through my spirit on how you can make the next step. But it's all based on turning. And to have a turning heart, you've got to have a humble heart. Have a turning heart, you've got to have a sensitive to God. But you get his character by turning. And there are many turns that God needs. You never get done turning. Turn. Can I say this is the key to walking a holy life? Is turn. A holy life is a man or woman who repents often. That God speaks to him or her. And the more that you turn, the more mercy you have for other people because you realize the baggage we carry. Amen? Amen? And don't tell God, I can't, you know, I does this thing of holiness, I just can't do it. No, 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 no. No, no. Let me say this to you. There's responsibility that lies at your feet. He asks you to turn. Turn away from the things of the world. Turn to God. Turn. It's a powerful word. Turn. There's responsibility out of Ephesians 2.22. It says that we ought to put off the works of the old man. There's something, I mean, you've got that within you. Say, you know what? I'm not going to that movie because I'm not listening to anything with foul words. Amen? You should never subjugate yourself to a movie or a theater production where they either deride God or they speak words that are improper and wrong. Profane words. Turn. I've had to get up in the early days because I don't visit the movie house anymore because I think demons sit in them and they're looking to possess people. I've got stories to prove my point, but not today. And so I don't go, and there's not much TV. You can't watch because the TV is sick. Well, I want to watch. No, no, no. Listen, it's sick because the world's sick. It's sicker than ever. Now you want to bring homosexuality and transgenderism into from the children's program all the way through. That this is the norm. No, it's abnormal. That's, right. That's not normal. No, you have to. No, you have to accept. No, 
Don't you know what, te- what, 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 the, what they're teaching? I cannot help if the world is perverted. I'm not going to listen to what they say. Amen? So this thing of turn is key. But we have responsibility. Then Ephesians 4.24 says, put on the new man. You see, there's something about us in our turning. They say, God, I turn away. And I, whenever, when you, if you lose your temper, if you mess up, fess up in Jesus' name. If you do something that's not right, deal with it in Jesus' name. Don't allow it to, get, don't allow it to slide by. If you want to live a holy life, you can't let stuff slide by. We'll shout hallelujah when this is all said and done. Don't worry about it. Praise God. And so, first, I'm going to close with this with First Thessalonians. Oh, my goodness. First Thessalonians 4.3. It says, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. What is the will of God? This is the will of God. What is it? You're being set apart in holiness for God, your sanctification. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. And then he goes on that first verse. He says, I urge you, my brethren, that you, expect, that you, that you increase and abound more and more. What? In this pursuit of holiness. That holiness cannot be a side issue in your life. Holiness is pursuing God. You've got to understand, I am going to pursue God. Therefore, I say to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to submit myself to you and present my body on the living altar of God. I'm going to present all that I am to God. Lord, search me, O God, Psalm 139, and try me. Search me, O God. Try my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. He's saying he's inviting the Holy Spirit. Show me things that grieve you. I want to make right. Show me things where I'm going the wrong way. I want to correct it. Can I tell you what happens? The more you step into the life of holiness, I promise you, the presence of God rests on you stronger and stronger. The power of God begins to be made manifest in your life. And you really step into a new kind of life. It's a life of power. And it's a life of joy. Because you're not always having to repent. I I know we need to repent, but some people's repentance is broken. We just got to get to a place where you, you take these things out. You take them out. And I've observed people. Some people can step into this walk quicker than others. Some people, 20 years go by. And they're not much better than they were when they began. Do you know why? They refuse to turn. Like if I bring correction to you, you have two choices. Not that I correct people, but if, something, if you're dealing with me and I have to say, listen, this is out of order. If you reject it, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, you don't really reject man. You reject God. When God tries to bring correction, but your pride, your self-sufficiency, I don't want to go that road. But what we should be is a people that encourage each other. We don't condemn one another. We don't judge one another, which is a big thing. Used to smoke cigarettes, right? 
Not you, the other person. <laughs> you smoke cigarettes. But once you quit smoking cigarettes, then you condemn the man who is still smoking cigarettes. Shut up. That was you just a few years ago. That's the danger of pressing in for holiness because it gets, then if you got to be so careful, your flesh will rise up and the very thing that's supposed to bring you deliverance, you're used to being bondage again. Amen? Got to be careful. You got to stay, I just got to recognize, I cannot do this. It was the Holy Ghost that set me free from my cigarettes. It was the Holy Ghost and the Word that set me free from my profanity. Therefore, I give all glory to God. And I tell you this, it is a great life. I'm telling you what, but you and I need it's of absolute necessity that you pursue a holy life. Especially in the days we live in. Not as a prude, not as a better than thou, but as a private thing. Me and God. It's you and me, God. I want more of you. Therefore, I submit myself to your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you today for what you're doing in every life here. Lord, it's you that sanctifies us and you that gives us the power to walk a holy life. It's you, oh God, through the power of your word. You're working in us. But Lord, you want us to work with you. You want us to be yielded, submitted, surrendered, and running after righteous living, holiness. And that Lord would always keep the balance. It's not in our strength, but it's only through you. Because outside of you, we're nothing. But oh God, we come to you as your people, washed by the blood of the Lamb. We're asking God that you would do a work in us. We submit our hearts to you, that we'll be turned from glory to glory into the image of Jesus Christ. That we will act like him, talk like him, think like him. That everything we do is to please you, Father. Is to honor your word and to give you glory through a life that surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.